0: Hi there, this is Erin Nicole, and you're listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. On this show, I interview people from all over the world, anyone from professional custodians all the way up to presidential candidates of other countries. One day, my big bodacious dream is to interview the top-level leadership of the country that I was born in, the land of the free, the home of the brave, the United States of America. I believe that they could give you a lot of insight and wisdom from their perspective. If they can run a nation, they can probably help you if you're going through a difficult season. But what I found since launching the the show in 2019, and we're now three years in, is that no matter what industry you work in, or maybe you're a professional uh, stay-at-home parent, and your job is to make sure that you're emotionally shaping your children and providing them lessons to help them grow into good citizens as adults. No matter what your area of expertise is, we all go through difficult times, difficult seasons. Some of us have more pronounced difficulties in how to bounce back in our resiliency. Some of us are born with diagnoses of depression. Some of us are uh, traumatized through life circumstances. And we might have been diagnosed or undiagnosed with PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder. And we're having a difficult time bouncing back from tragedy. Whatever challenging season you're going through, we at Move Happy and our nonprofit arm for veterans and first responders, Erin Nicole Ministries, we love you, we support you, and we hope that this show brings a little bit of hope to you, a little bit of inspiration, maybe a little bit of knowledge. If you need some science or some stories, some factual, real, uh, professional stories, or just you know personal stories from my. Um, struggling journey myself to help inspire you to keep going to not give up hope and remind yourself that tomorrow could be a better day than today if it's not so good sometimes i speak on the show spirit-led i'm driven on those days and lately i've had a lot of those days where i believe the creator of the universe is encouraging me to share with you a topic, something to remind you in this difficult season that we are in. Um, No one in our lifetime has ever been through a pandemic. And so many of us are trying to go back to this sense of normalcy, but we will never have that ever again. Um, This will be in the history books as something that our children's children will read about. In my goal, my hope, is to leave a legacy that no matter what is going on in the world, that I can't change, that I can choose to focus on the good. I can choose to be a better citizen, to be a better employee, to be a better friend or family member. And different topics come to me that are uh, not something that I plan to talk about. I believe uh, the creator desires for me to share bits and pieces of my authentic journey, um, as well as what science says on these impromptu lessons on the show and I was in the middle of doing some yoga with Adrienne. If you haven't watched her videos on YouTube, she is the yoga guru. And she's got millions of followers because she is incredibly good at yoga, but also because, I think, because she's spontaneous and brings in some random, like she was singing, memory just random in the middle of stretching doing a butterfly stretch I think a lot of people can relate to that because she's got a little spontaneity in her but she's also able to be on video give you a great structured stretch and take you into a place for 25-35 minutes where you forget about everything else and you focus in on taking care of your body. So I'm in the middle of this yoga lesson and I'm almost done with it. There is a few minutes left and I feel this nudge in my heart from the creator saying, I want you to pause the video. I'm like, all right, because this happens to me regularly. Pause it. I want you to turn your computer off and I want you to get on your phone and speak on being grateful for painful situations. So that's what this topic is for this episode of the Move Happy Movement podcast. Um, I imagine this is not pre-planned, but I imagine you will want to preview it before sharing it if you have um, young children, just because there have been some pretty dramatic things that I have been through. And to be able to choose to be grateful, I have learned to choose to be grateful. I wasn't born with that gift. Um, Anyone can change and shift and move their patterns. So uh, by the end of this episode, if I've added any value to you, um, it would mean the world if you would stay tuned and listen for how you can support. So being grateful for painful situations, um, not something that I enjoy talking about by any means, but I am obedient to my creator. Um, I believe... We all go through difficulties, but those of us that have been called to leadership positions have been especially challenged. I believe because we have power when we speak from stages, Uh, this is a digital stage. Uh, It might not seem like much if you're just listening to the show for the first time ever, uh, but we are ranked in the top 10% of all podcast shows across every category out of 2.4 million million, um, shows. I believe because this is a a position of power that it is my responsibility um, to hold myself more accountable. And also I believe I am challenged through difficult circumstances to continually sharpen my sword, if you will, sharpen my my gift to make sure that I, I still should be in this leadership position. And I believe all leaders should be challenged, held accountable, have checks and balances and whatnot. So being grateful in painful circumstances, uh, I first learned how to be grateful. I believe like thinking about it consciously was when I started listening to Tony Robbins' videos um, the year my father passed away. So this was in 2016, and earlier in the year, before he passed, before he was diagnosed with cancer again, um, I had received a text message video link from one of my mentors in a drug sales company. She was not in my direct line. She did not financially benefit from helping me in any way, but she cared about me as a human being. And I believe we're spiritually aligned. Uh, she had shared um, one day uh, her story at one of the weekly meetings of how she had struggled to get out of bed. She had actually become catatonic. Her husband had to change his career. and uh, She was a, a realtor, but the, the economy was so bad that she actually became immobile. And it felt like to her she described it as um, every day was like breathing through a straw. She was stressed beyond imagination because she and her husband were the caretakers of their family. And the job market uh, was terrible. No one was buying houses. No one could afford to buy houses because the balloon bubble had burst and when she shared her story about being depressed and how um, getting into affirmations, speaking affirmations aloud, how to write affirmations, she gave us a list of handouts of affirmations. She helped me um, to start moving forward in building social relationships in positive format um, with adults and whatnot. And she had sent me this a few months after, you know, kind of building a, a professional uh, relationship Oh, and we had also, uh, I should say, uh, we found out that she had graduated from the high school that I was teaching at. And I said, oh, you went to that school. You might have had class with my uncle. My uncle taught there for like 30 years and come to find my uncle was her favorite teacher of all time. So we had like an instant rapport um, just from, you know, the close circle and coincidences of being connected. And so she had sent me, she knew I was I was in the process of going through a divorce. I was a few months into this separation. We hadn't quite finalized it yet. Um, I had gotten a management position at a gym. I was doing really well, but um, still struggling financially because rent was really expensive. I had just moved into a place, and this was in King County, which is considered the Seattle market. Um, I didn't live in Seattle, but it was in that county, and I had a one-bedroom apartment, and with utilities, it was almost... I believe $1,700, and I didn't make that much money because their compensation plan was not very good. And so most of my money was going to rent and lawyer fees from the divorce process and credit card bills for buying food or various things, um, just trying to get through that separation. So I needed some encouragement. I was going through a very challenging time And she sent me this link to Tony Robbins' video. And I don't remember which one it was because I've watched so many. But what I really like about his videos is he usually gives like three to five direct actionable steps. Um, He simplifies things for you from the complex to simple. And he gives you specific things that you need to do to take charge to empower yourself. Um, And so that was one of the first I would say, conscious-level videos that really up-leveled me as a professional, as an adult, to take responsibility for it all, the good, the bad, everything, to not blame my ex for us breaking up, right, um, to not blame the, the uh, state that I was in for taking four months to do anything about the fact that my ex had moved our entire bank account, to another account illegally um, to not blame anyone for the circumstances. Yes, it was illegal what he did. Yes, he wasn't supposed to cancel my insurance while we were still legally married but separated, but he still did. Like There was a lot of things that went wrong. And watching that video reminded me that I could focus all on that, but that's just going to magnify the situation. Or I could choose to shift my focus I think about things that I could change in my circumstances. And so then I started making phone calls and um, getting people on the line. Like I um, started reaching out to people, asking them to try the product or give me feedback on videos. Like I did whatever it was that I could possibly do to, to add income into my situation, to not just try and take from society or take government assistance. I'm not against that if you need it, and I've used it. Uh, before and um, I actually am needing it now because of some bank thieves that I'll talk about in a bit I'm sure Um, but I don't desire to be getting assistance from others my dad raised me to be a very independent woman financially Uh, both my parents encouraged us all to work to have good work ethics that we do our work into the Lord not unto society Um, I don't try to skip out on not paying all my taxes. I'm a tax-paying citizen, uh, but I've been through some really challenging circumstances. And I learn to choose to be grateful for it all. That was something that Tony emphasized because had I not ever been with this person for, we were together for about six years, I never would have learned when he changed his parenting plan about halfway through when I'm in grad school uh, to 50%, I never would have learned that I was a good mom. I was a good stepmom. I went to all their events. Anytime they invited me to anything, I shifted my priorities. I made sure that uh, I helped with grocery shopping. I was an emotional support for the uh, he had two daughters. For their situations, and we did sweet sixteen birthday party. I made cookies. You know, you do step up as a as a person in a family unit. But I never would have known any of those things about me had he not decided to change his parenting plan from every other weekend dad, which is pretty typical in our society. If you live on this side of the world, I don't know if it's the same everywhere, but. Um, I wouldn't have known that about myself. Now, his motivation behind it was to save money. He told me that. He did not want to spend more time with his girls. He wanted to save money. Everything in that family, in his lineage, was about saving money. And it really shouldn't have shocked me or surprised me that when we were going through a divorce process that he was doing everything in his power to save money. And so I chose to, as best I could, focus on things that I could control, focus on things that I could be grateful for. And it's a healing process. It it helps to uh, move forward. And also it helps to just to be an adult that, that's a likable presence. I really enjoyed watching Tony's videos, um, different ones I've seen through the years. We hear, he would speak about his ex-wives he's been married a few times and he would speak positively about them like he desired to be a father and then he was an instant uh, stepdad of three kids I believe was from his first marriage or it might have been his second and he just spoke so positively about the relationship even though they were no longer together I want to say also he helped uh, one of his ex's parents. When they were diagnosed with cancer, really bad, um, he helped them to find alternative means to get rid of it out of the body through natural methods, and was like hyper focused on reading all kinds of books to help uh, because they were they were in the family unit, even though they weren't together as um, partners anymore. Um, when you when you marry somebody, you marry into the family, and I really liked that approach because. Uh, That to me is a demonstration of love. And love, real love, agape love, is where you love without expectation of it coming back to you. And I've got a lot of work to do uh, in learning how to do that. I believe that I've grown quite a bit, but I believe also I'm going to continue experiencing challenging circumstances because I have been called by the Creator of the universe to be set apart to be an example. And so that was probably my first conscious level of choosing to focus on the joy and learning about it from, um, I would say, a big-time life influencer, both in business and in relationships and whatnot. Uh, That wasn't the first circumstance that I had to be grateful, though. That was just the first, I would say, adult conscious situation So learning to be grateful for painful circumstances, it is um, in the scriptures that I grew up reading. And I'm really curious to learn about other faiths and what your, if you did not grow up in the Judeo-Christian faith system, if you grew up in a different faith system, I'm really curious to find out what your belief system, if you have scriptures or scrolls or... Meditations that your uh, religious leaders teach you. I'm curious to discover what does your what does your system speak on or educate you when you go through challenging circumstances. I am very curious about that. If you are listening to this, if you could pause this episode and write a review commenting from your faith system and maybe adding some specific uh, scripture or uh, religious reading. um, And if there's different translations of it, which get as specific as you can so that we can uh, look it up as well and uh, be able to have a greater understanding and respect of your faith system Um, One of my dear friends, we were in Advanced Band together. She was a guest on my podcast in my first year on the show, Natasha. Uh, She grew up in a faith system uh, that was different from mine. And actually, both of her parents had different faith systems, which I thought was really neat. Um, And when I was going through uh, challenging circumstances in junior high... Uh, she was someone that was in band with me in choir, and uh, just someone that I had known for a few years at that point we had when when you're in a when you're in a music group with people band or choir there's there's this deep level of trust um, it's hard to explain unless you've been in that kind of experience, and especially for girls too because we tend to be more socially uh created and uh, we had this event at our church it was like an overnight thing. And she had come and attended it and I had visited uh, her uh, religious gathering in the temple and whatnot and it was so vastly different but we wanted to learn about each other's belief systems because we we were friends. And at what point do children become teens then become adults? At what point Do we decide that uh, your faith system is wrong and I'm going to blow you up? I'm not really sure at what point in some countries that is a regular thing and has been a regular thing for a long, long time. I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for where I live, where I grew up, being a woman, uh, growing up in... A country where I get to choose my faith system now granted I grew up in with parents that had their belief system right uh, but they never forced us after elementary age to attend our church gatherings they encouraged us to they provided rides until we could drive ourselves uh, but they never forced us to there are some faith systems that use their religion so harshly to say that the other religion is wrong and they they kill lots of people for it. It's not anything that's new in society. I mean Joan of Arc was, you know, slain and she was killed for being a crusader back in the I think the 1400s or something like that. and. Um, Back in the biblical times, people were getting killed for their faith system. Even Jesus himself, right, was, was crucified from these Pharisees, that uh, and Sadducees that just didn't like that he was he was doing things out of the box. But I believe if if you truly are following your faith system, whatever your faith system says, that if you lean in with love. Assume the best in others. Wash away mistakes. Forgive them if they ask for forgiveness. And even if they don't, so you can let go of that frustration, that pain. I think we all would get a lot more progress in the world. But the world is fallen. There is a lot of darkness and a lot of people that are not conscious a lot of a lot of lemmings as humans that just follow the crowd and when I was in high school I was um, in this music group with Natasha as well we were in this elite group you had to be invited to audition you had to be the best of the best in your junior high to then be invited to audition and many people auditioned but there was only five spots available if you were in alto or five spots available if you were a soprano she was a soprano I was an alto I was a split I had to learn two parts and then we had a tenor section tenor baritone bass they kind of like split I'm not sure how the guys split I didn't really pay too much attention to that uh, part but uh, we all danced together Uh, we performed about 40 performances a year most of our performances were not at our school. Our director, Mr. Krauss uh, we called him Mr. C. He wanted to uh, increase our awareness and respect for other cultures and also help us to dream bigger than our circumstances because the, the environment we grew up in was high crime, high teen pregnancy, high drug trafficking, um, prostitution, uh, just all kinds of all kinds of rough things, in the, and yet here we are, me and Natasha, you know, these young girls driven to be successful in music and um, didn't, I don't think either one of us got in very much trouble because our our parents where we were the youngest in our family. Our parents were very involved in our lives. Um, I spent many weekends with, Uh, Her her father actually uh, would come and volunteer every weekend. We were just about there was some sort of game going on in Seattle. They had this thing called the Vocal Volunteers, and uh, you worked. You sold. You know, we sold like hot dogs, soda. Um, If you were over twenty one, you could sell alcohol. so a lot of the parents would do that and we would pull our money together they would give money to the school and i believe is a tax write off for the stadium and uh, they wrote us a check now we earned our way to go on trips and we went on incredible trips my first year we went down to san francisco and we got to see this show called stomp we competed we took first in- Everything except for one thing, we did get second in my sophomore year. Uh, My junior year, we got to go to Hawaii. And how many kids in low-income neighborhoods get to say that they went to Hawaii and that they paid their own way? Like, it taught us so much responsibility. Uh, We had to keep good grades. Um, I forget what the GPA requirement was, but we were paid professional musicians. um our gigs uh, they paid us they paid for our bus trip um, and they covered expenses I'm not sure how mr. C decided on the rates he he was the business man and got us the gigs and uh, did all the the instructing to help us up level our uh, performance um, my senior year us women we competed in uh, was all kinds of competitions we took we took first pretty much in everything, uh, but he would frame our awards around the room. So we had this legacy of, he was, at this point, he had been teaching for I think 25 years when I got in the program. So he was already, you know, genius level at his craft and he took pride in getting better every single year. In my senior year, we competed. In the Women's Ensemble Large group ensemble, and we had never, in his 25-ish years, had never taken first place. And we loved who doesn't want to take first place, especially in America. We're very known for being competitive. And we took first, and that was really neat, because uh, we worked really hard. We worked in cohesion. Nobody talked trash about each other. Nobody tried to steal each other's music. Nobody tried to steal anyone's thunder. We knew how to work really hard, work together. We practiced in between classes. Uh, he taught us how to uh, help each other take responsibility if somebody forgot something at home, like, hey, I got my car, let's go get it. Uh, you know, we took, we took the professional route and we experienced challenging circumstances, but when you have unity, cohesion, and you have pro-social activities, that protects a lot of your mental psyche. And so what we're experiencing in the last few years with the pandemic is like this forced separation, right? And then um, people are uh, government leaders or whatnot, who knows who, what's happening, but there, there are being different variants that have been released that are similar to... Um, COVID-19 but not exactly the same and so it's like well what's going on now we can't be close to anybody right you got to keep six feet apart and get the shot don't get the shot some people get the shot and then they die some people don't get the shot and they die like who knows what really is going on but ultimately I believe the creator of the universe is in charge of it all go back to the basics you can't Maybe you can't change your circumstances, but you can change how you look at the circumstances. I'm grateful that I had those three years where I got to work with a professional performer. Um, If you haven't heard the interview yet, you need to look back. A couple months ago, I had Mr. C For the second time on the Move Happy Movement podcast, you get to hear a little bit of his history and some professional lessons. If you are desiring to be a director of a music program or performance, theater, dance, anything of that nature on a stage, I highly encourage you to go listen to his words of wisdom. And uh, who knows how many years left he has or I have. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. Um, I encourage you, if anything stood out to you, to comment in that episode's comments and send me a message because I will pass along your message to encourage him uh, because he has definitely uh, transformed a lot of lives. Uh, when I, The year my father passed away, uh, a few months after divorce had finalized, I created this whole move happy thing. I created a program for my patients to get my mind off of my pain and also to help me have time during the workday to exercise because I was exhausted after work. I loved showing up to work though because it was a therapeutic environment. They were completely compassionate and being a high level. Performer, high achiever, I wanted to add value into the space because they were kind to me. So once I had the successful move, happy program, we ran it the first time we ran it the second time and we had to get moved to a larger room because we maxed capacity. They asked us if we would expand the space. Um, So I took on extra work, extra charting of notes for patients because I wanted more, patients to be able to be a part of it um they actually printed extra journals because patients were on a wait list to get into our group so uh, some of the patients that were a part of it were telling their classmates or their roommates where they um, slept in the wards about it and maybe they maybe they didn't all get in the group but they wanted to still experience part of the class so then they used the journal and whatnot and so word started spreading around the hospital aaron's the move happy girl right and they had this end of the summer carnival. Uh, this is what they do every year there. It's tradition. Half the hospital goes out in the morning. The other half goes in the evening. And except for those that were on the, the lockdown for active crime that had not um, been released yet. And uh, they there was different stands. Um, so this was like snow cones, hot dogs. Um, I think they had face painting. There was a live rock band from our staff, a uh, balloon toss, hula hoop. They had a karaoke stand. One of the staff members has, uh, or had, I haven't chatted with him, but has a, a karaoke business outside of work so he brought his system in to add value to the patients and I volunteered at that station of course because I love to sing and we were trying to get the patients to get on the mic but they were nervous so they needed somebody to get it started to kind of get the party started so I said hey do you have Mariah Carey emotions because she's my favorite singer of all time and I love her old school stuff and so he started playing it and I sang it well uh, then they got to hear me sing, and that is my area of genius, I am good at creating curriculums, I'm good at bringing people together, um, the creator has designed me to be musically inclined, and um, it comes pretty effortlessly to me, although I have put many, many years in practice into it, I've been singing for 31 years, at this point I had been singing for, I, was, I think I was 30 years, so like 20, Years or something like that. My first performance was when I was five. So oh, 25 years to so do my math right. Uh, and either the next day or a couple of days later, after singing and sharing a little bit of my gift, right? And having, just having fun, just being myself at work, getting paid to sing and have fun with patients and help them, you know. Uh, one of the staff members from one of the wards, I worked in the treatment treatment mall. So she worked on one of the wards. She comes and talks to me. She's like, hey, Erin, I, I got a request for you. What do you think about teaching singing? And I was like, I'm interested. I've never done it before, but I'm interested. She's like, well, I would like to teach juggling. There's a lot of benefits for people uh, that are struggling with um, cognition, um, cause it lights up both sides of the brain whatnot. She was a rec therapist and, um, my title was rec specialist three, just to, at that point, just to give you a reference. Um, and she really wanted to teach juggling. She knew all kinds of different ways to juggle and she knew the benefits of it. And she thought we could do like a, a co facilitation class where I'd teach some singing and she'd do some juggling. And I was like, that sounds interesting. I was like, what if we had added a third person she's like okay what would the third person do i said well rick actually used to be a stand-up comedian and he toured all around the us and i think canada as well um what if he did some comedy and taught like almost like preparing them for if they wanted to get a job and have interview skills uh or just you know the therapeutic value of comedy right She's like, I love it. I was like, okay, great. So um, I said, well, she she asked me like, how did I get my Move Happy group approved? And I said, well, you have to have white paper research, It has to be backed evidence based, um, and then you write a little paragraph on how you're gonna, how you intend to facilitate the group, uh, because it's billable to the state. In order for it to be billable, it has to be empirically based. And I said, what I what I had done was I sent an email out to the top leaders asking for their feedback before I facilitated it to the patients at all to make sure that it was good to go and got any feedback from them. Um, and then we moved forward from there. So she was like, okay, great. That's awesome. So I was like, just keep me posted. Well then come to find in our, Morning meeting. I had a morning meeting every morning we did. uh, It was about 15 minute meeting. We talked about the night before, because this is a hospital, right? So it's a 24 hour shift. They talked about the need to know um, if patients had been on ward hold, if they got in a fight, or if they had suicidal ideations, they were um, on ward hold for 24 hours or sometimes 72, depending on what the charge nurse decided. And I just need to know information. If patients were not going to come down for groups, like we might have to go up there during our chart notes time if we needed to have them sign off on paperwork or just check in with them, different things. And I thanked my boss publicly in front of everyone for letting us do another group therapy for the patients. And she did not... Get approval. Um, My colleague did not ask permission. I did not realize that. So it almost didn't happen. Um, And then I talked to her privately and I was like, I am so sorry. I assumed that she talked to you. She said, uh, no, she's not able to move down here for like she was hired to be on the ward, not to come down here. But when you do something with excellence, you raise the standard in an area. People desire who want to work with you that also are high achievers and creative out-of-the-box people. So if you are a leader listening to this and you have team members that are maybe quitting on you left and right, or you think that they're not working hard, they're not working as hard as they are capable of working, I really encourage you to ask for their feedback, ask for them like if they would be leading for the day, like how would they do things differently, get their feedback, um, ask questions and be open to out-of-the-box behavior because I went to her privately and apologized to her on behalf of my colleague that should have gotten permission first. I explained to her um, that I thought that she had already gone through all those steps because we started planning out everything and have three people and I said we don 't have to do this group if you don't want to. Um, I thought that it was already approved, and she decided to let me have a win because I already had demonstrated success with my first group program, that all the staff were faculty, everybody was talking about the success of the program. By the third round of Move Happy, I had been invited to interview for a promotion in the hospital. My boss told me no one in 30 years was ever even interviewed for. Keep in mind, this is the year that my dad died unexpectedly. My divorce had finalized months prior. I was in financial disarray. I couldn't control my circumstances, but what I could do was choose to give my best at my job. I was so grateful for where I was at. I actually came in every single day. Holidays, we were asked to be on an overtime team. I volunteered to work on the wards, so all the patients that did not come down for treatment, if they um, were not taking their medications or if they were just not emotionally ready, to come down because it was like a certain you had to earn a certain level to be able to come down to the treatment mall, and that was like once you got to certain levels three, four, and five. When you get to four and five, then you're getting close to being discharged out of the hospital. And so some of those patients were like levels one or two up on the wards, and they were not, um, you know, they were doing the best that they could. But many of them had to be encouraged to shower because they had fears of getting in the water um, they were experiencing a lot of psychosis and whatnot. And I was just going up there to offer different activities for them. And my, um, uh, my colleague, Danny would always do overtime with me. Um, he would be assigned to a different ward, but we would be able to eat our lunch together. And, um, you just bring simple things like coloring books, cards. Uh, I brought my boombox box and my music, I had some music that my brother had put on my iPod 2 version. I know it was, like, super dated. Um, and I had some music on there as well. So I just asked the patients, like, what kind of music do you like? Because at that time, my smartphone, well, we weren't supposed to have phones out. But um, I had Sprint, and the service wasn't the greatest in the because the, the cement walls and whatnot. So it would buffer a lot. Um, so just, like, plugging into an outlet, the iPod just worked better, and, like, the patients were just enjoying getting to know me, um, the ones that I didn't see Monday through Friday, if it was, like, a holiday, it, it, not a lot of them had any family that visited them, um, I, I maybe saw, like, two families visit, and I was there for 12 months, two families out of hundreds of patients. Um, There might have been more on the weekends because I worked typically Monday through Friday, but um, yeah, it just, it was kind of sad. But a lot of them, if they had a co-occurring disorder, um, they had an addiction to drugs or alcohol. um, A lot of them would take, 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 and take from their family members and the family members had enough um, being, you know, in their perspective, taken advantage of and wanted to stop enabling them. So they weren't able to, you know, have those relationships or it was strained for a variety of reasons. Um, just like you might have a strained relationship in your family. I know I do, uh, but give it time. And, you know, if you pray or if you meditate, you can think, think on positive things for that family member, or you can pray positive things for that family member. And, keep doing a little bit every single day to make your world around you a better more loving place um, if you ch- if you so choose uh, every day we get thousands and thousands of choices that we can make they estimate that our thought pattern is anywhere from 50 to 70,000 thoughts every single day And like 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts as yesterday. So you have an opportunity to change your thought pattern, to change your thinking, change your circumstances and your situation. So um, if you've listened to the show at all, or if you read any of my content over the past few years, you might have heard that I earned a promotion at this hospital where the Move Happy program began Um, And then shortly thereafter, a few weeks later, budget cuts happened and legislators decided to, um, vote against, uh, mental health services. And so a hall that had been built and 60 people were hired, uh, they had to all be let go. I got moved back to my position. I was engaged. I got engaged way too quickly the year after my divorce and, um, my fiancé could not take the fact that I lost an extra thousand dollars a month that we were counting on. Um, he had some some issues as well, and we, just, we were not meant to be together. Um, so my engagement fell through. I couldn't afford to move out. We were living together. I uh, wasn't planning on it, but I was financially struggling through the divorce process and didn't have any housing options from my family, so I chose the simple way and just moved in because he had offered to help me so I'm grateful that he helped me with housing for a little bit but um moving forward that's something that I won't won't ever do anymore and um, me and me and the creator we got this with this pact going on right now so um, I ended up uh, having to leave the hospital and one of my patients that was a part of the program the first round and the third round is a veteran from the u.s marine corps and a high-level executive in corporate america he said at any point in time he was responsible for like 150 to 200 staff Um, he was a part of the program and he gave me some great feedback when he saw me struggling one day Uh, towards the end i said i'm i'm gonna be leaving here put put my two weeks in he saw that i wasn't wearing my ring anymore and it was super uncomfortable because everybody was so excited for me getting married like It was like a big family. Right. But um, when I didn't want to talk about the pain, it was hard to not talk about it because everybody was asking me how the wedding plans were going and we were not getting married anymore. So uh, he talked to me, encouraged me one day and he was like, Aaron, you need to keep focused on this move. Happy thing. Don't give up on this. I will see you speaking on stage one day. You will be on the same stage as Tony Robbins, Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres, Joel Osteen. He listed all of these people. He spoke life into me. And I needed to hear that. Because it later reminded me on a very, very dark day about a year later. Um, And again, if you have kids listening, you might want to pause it. I encourage you to pause it, preview it, and then decide if you want to share with your kiddos. Um a year later, I was dating someone that had convinced me to get uh on birth control, got an implant. And um this person was kind um and, and whatnot, um but Hindsight is 100%. So if you have depression, diagnosed depression, if you've ever had any suicidal ideations uh, floating around in your mind, even if they were casual thought that floated in, floated out, I don't recommend you getting on birth control because when you change the hormonal thought patterns, messing with your brain can really disrupt um, your resiliency muscles. And I only say that from a place of authenticity and truth because it happened to me, right? And I wouldn't ever advise anyone of anything unless I went through it myself personally. And this this day of darkness, I, um, I had to leave the hospital. It was my favorite job ever because I was broke and the engagement fell through. And uh, they weren't able to uh, pay me enough to move out because first and last rent and all those kinds of things. And so I finally got into my own space. I was renting a room in a house with a bunch of strangers, a very humbling experience. Um, And I'm dating this person and he's, he's a really nice, nice person. He actually, um, he might be on the show later in in life, but um, he had a lot of compassion. um, But he also had, you know, the, the drive as many of us do is human nature to have a sexual drive, right? And uh, he decided he was going to move back up north to be closer to his kids, which made sense. And he was very kind about the whole situation. And we broke up um, and he had encouraged me at that point. My family member had reached out needing help um, and needed a roommate in another state across the country. And he encouraged me to move across the country. And so that was like me feeling rejected. Right. Right. Now, a normal person would be like, well, that sucks, and, you know, call their friends or whatnot, but my brain was not thinking normally because I had this implant, and I also was working in a job environment where it was extremely toxic, it was a sales physician, the manager was not a good leader, and he was threatening to get people fired, he used fear tactics, shark, it was, a, he was definitely like a shark personality, and I'm a wolf pack, um, unified, like, team, you know, the team is everything, you know, choir mentality, where we all work together, we all have a part, like, nobody gets left behind, right, that's also military mindset, um, he didn't have that mindset, like, uh, so it was just, just a bad environment all around, and, um, uh, When when, the person I was seeing decided to kindly, extremely kindly break up with me, I lost it. And uh, I called the 1-800 number, and it was scary. It was really scary because I couldn't stop the thought patterns repeating in my mind. And looking back, I know that it was spiritual warfare, a spiritual attack. The enemy is so deceptive. The enemy will use anything worldly to infiltrate your mind, to get you to think so negatively about yourself. When you are in a dark, downtrodden situation, I'm so grateful that they had the 1-800 number. They've changed the number now. I forget what it is. It's like I think 311 or something like that. But, anyways, so I'm on the line with my angel, and he starts encouraging me. He starts, like, basically giving me a business coaching lesson over the phone, encouraging me to focus on this move happy thing, to not give up on it. He encouraged me to also get the implant out of my body immediately. He said, call the medical clinic that you had implanted, get them to take it out. I'm like, all right and encouraged me to come off the ledge, so to speak. And what's what's really humbling in that situation is the topic of this um, episode is being grateful for painful circumstances. Had I not had that phone call and not had the encouragement, I wouldn't have been reminded... Of what my patient had told me right before I left the hospital about a year prior to that, it was I think in April, and so it was April when I was on the phone with the angel, I believe, at some point in April. But it was September when I the, the the year prior to that, so almost one full year. I was reminded of his words of encouragement to keep going to pursue it, to grow the business or whatever it was. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I listened to his words of encouragement because I respected him as a leader. He made sure, even though he was a patient, he made sure he didn't forget his standards and he made sure he respected all the women. And some of the younger men that were there would cat call us. And these are patients and we are their staff. Um, so we had to ignore a lot, just like in society. We as women have to deal with a lot of sexual harassment, uh, sexual innuendos, different things. I'm sure women do it to men as well, but uh, it was extremely pronounced. Uh, the first week or so, when I first was um, working there, and he stood up and he protected me, as men should, like a brother or like a like a fatherly figure. And he snapped men into attention and he said, you will not speak to her. She is a woman. She is our uh, staff member or whatever. You will not talk to her that way. And they listened to him because he didn't forget about his leadership skills. And so when he encouraged me and then I was reminded just shy of a year later of the words of encouragement, I respected and valued his opinion. Learn to listen to the opinions of people that have been through challenging circumstances, that have been in positions that maybe you desire to be in or any leadership position. I respect our military and anyone that was a part of the Marine Corps. We we all know that that's like the most bad ones, right? Like, And I say bad like badass. Um, I respect all the branches of the military, but they're known for being the most hardcore Uh, challenging uh, branch as far as like physical fitness and whatnot and uh, I'm grateful that he was he just happened to be healing uh, from his uh, spouse dying um, and going through that process and whatnot getting getting rehabbed recuperated and whatnot Uh, one day I believe I will be able to honor him publicly but I am protecting his privacy for HIPAA reasons but also just because it's none of your business uh, what his information is Uh, but I believe that he would appreciate us seeing (sighs) seeing how far I took this move happy thing and then I listened to him, and I want to encourage you right now because I believe many of you listening to the show are going through through challenging circumstances. And had I given up back in twenty eighteen. Uh, We wouldn't have the show at all, so there would be no top 10% show. Um, There would not have been all of the people that I connected to the big event in 2020 for depression. uh, That was uh, hosted by Deepak Chopra, Ariana Huffington. Uh, My brand was featured in exchange for the network that I brought to the table. And I didn't financially benefit from it. I didn't desire to financially benefit from it. I wanted to help people with depression. I had that vision in 2018. Had I given up in 2018, uh, the Move Happy brand would not have been featured on the same page as Johnson & Johnson and uh, the Kennedy Foundation. <laughs> Had I given up in 2018, I would not have launched my second business in 2019, Aaron Nicole Media, helping people save $1,200 a year and building their brands online. I would not have had, uh, I would say, B-list celebrities take my workshop. Uh, people from five different industries, uh, one in particular, lead architect, hiring me and paying me for his team members to take the class after he took it because he learned so much and he valued what I was teaching that he wanted his social media manager to learn from me. Had I given up in 2018 one of my guests in the workshop that used to be the private chef of Tony Robbins, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise, probably many more. I never would have met. Never would have met him. i one, one connection away from, from this person that this U.S. Marine patient of mine told me that I would be speaking on stage alongside He said that in 2017, that was only five years ago. So much can change if you choose to take a little bit of action every single day to live the life that you were designed to live. And if you're not sure what that is, I encourage you to ask yourself, what comes effortlessly to you? What is something that you were born with that you're really good at? That people, when you were young, complimented you frequently about. For me, I knew that I was really good at bringing people together. That is something that is so effortless for me and I get more energy from it. Also singing, I got a lot of validation at a young age for singing. I've been able to Um, make some pretty good money pretty effortlessly. I was flown across the country uh, to sing for a private birthday party for a high-level executive of Costco um, from his wife, who is a judge, Uh, paid for uh, my flight, my hotel stay, upgraded my flight on the way home. Um, If you lean into your strengths... I encourage you to lean into them because the old adage of if you work hard, you'll get a good job and have a good career. No, we are told and we need to unwire ourselves. You're going to work hard no matter where you're at, unless you're a lazy person, then no one can help you unless you help yourself. But if you choose to lean into your area of strength, if we all lean into our areas of strength, You don't have to work as hard to get the same level of success or even greater success. In the last, I hadn't written a song in about seven years, and then wrote a song in 2020 for the International Day of Mental Health uh co-wrote it with someone that volunteered to step in to help and then uh, wrote eight songs in eight weeks when I was off the grid because uh, my technologies got hacked into. I got really good at bringing people together so good that government contractors that have been paid from our top level leadership uh one one of which, in particular, the President of the organization, a uh, retired organization that was defunded a few years ago or supposedly was defunded, uh, was a part of my networking of that. I didn't do my due diligent research; he has a non profit for animals he does good things in society. I liked the story I was learning I was a preschooler when it came to smart technologies. And I appreciate uh, military people, but I've had to learn that not all people, backgrounds, all stories on the front line are um, there's a cover. There's a usually a cover story for people that have that much level of leadership and uh, respect this this human. But I learned very quickly that I am really good at bringing people together, but you can also bring people together that will harm you. And that's what I learned. Uh, unfortunately there was, uh, the person I wrote the song with had some poison, had some, some dark seated jealousy, high level of stress they were under and made, made decisions uh, that were unethical, unfortunately. Um, uh, but I could continue thinking about it and focusing on it, or I could choose to channel that energy and make good music about the situation, which I did. I wrote a song. I released it on the last episode uh, when I was off the grid about betrayal, uh, but choosing to focus on the warriors that came in to step in and help me. Um, I don't believe anybody in society, no matter what country you live in, likes a bully. Nobody likes a bully but a lot of people are afraid to speak up and stand up against bullies i'm not a veteran spouse helped raise me uh, rebecca chisholm she's the wife of tim who he was on the episode a few few weeks ago um she she was she was a bulldog she didn't let nobody disrespect anyone uh, she treated everybody equally uh, she didn't do special favors for anybody that had special titles or made more money and she was a great example because my mom was extremely meek and quiet about things and didn't want to like speak up about things she had she my mom and I had a hard time speaking like pretty much my whole childhood um, we've since grown a lot closer together in our adult years um, after a lot of uh, I think therapy on my side and just like you know being kinder to her because I was I was a rotten kid to my mom uh, growing up but her best friend was really good at getting me to talk and getting me to open up and uh, giving me alternative perspectives. And uh, she was extremely uh, strong volunteer in the in society in the community. Um, and she helped me to raise my standards of what was acceptable behavior, what wasn't. How to speak up for those that can't speak for themselves. Because she did it for me. She showed it to me. She would tell me examples of other people she was working with or helping volunteer or whatnot and so uh, I I channel that I use some of that energy uh, when dealing with the betrayal and uh, I don't I don't treat people differently because they have more status in society. Now, it's different if you have customers that are paying different levels of money to you because you might have more time that you allow, more access to you if they are your platinum customer, for example, or your platinum um, nonprofit donor or whatnot. You might give them more of your energy, more of your time um, if they are helping you benefit in business or whatnot. Um, But if it comes to... You have a job where you're supposed to, maybe you're a public service employee or something like that. Maybe you're a police officer or you're a sheriff or um, a social worker. You know, you work, you work for the state. You get um, paid through taxes from society. Um, you have certain level of standards. You're not supposed to play favorites. You know, there's all kinds of rules and whatnot to help with the checks and balances to keep you accountable. And Rebecca was a great example to me about how to how to do that, um, how to do that, and keep balance. And uh, when you go through challenging circumstances, to laugh about it. She and Tim would always tell me hilarious stories of how they embarrassed themselves, because it was a way to lighten up. Because laughter is important in your mental psyche, and. Going through challenging circumstances, like we all go through it. So, might as well share to humble yourself to your friends of like something that didn't go as planned or something that maybe you made a mistake on. Uh, She was always trying to teach me a lesson and whatnot because she was the best friend of my mom. So, she cared about me as a human being and also she wanted to help me because. She had those motherly tendencies, um, even though they didn't have any kids themselves. Um, She passed. Uh, So my dad passed in October, and then the following July, she passed away. It was, whew. That was hard. That was real hard. And the creator allows us to go through challenges. None of us are immune to challenging seasons. And looking back, the only way that I honestly survived that was therapy. (laughs) Because... I earned this promotion at the hospital that my boss told me nobody in 30 years was ever interviewed for, and I got this promotion, and then I lost it because the state legislator budget cuts. Then I was working in an, a situation with a boss that was a terrible leader, was threatening to get everybody fired, right? Um, I had, my engagement has, had ended. He had texted me that uh, he didn't want to do a six-month trial separation, um, I had to move to a new address, like, it was stress upon stress upon stress, and then, uh, just trying to, if you try to deal with things by yourself, um, chances are you're not going to do so great, like, I really encourage you, if you're thinking, you know, I think I might need therapy, like, I encourage you, to reach out try and find a therapist if you work a w-2 job many companies have eap programs there's different eap offerings but some of them like if you work for the state they might actually give you a few hours on the job that they won't count against you to go get some therapy that's that's what i did when i was at the psych hospital I got connected to a great therapist, and and he did, like, goal-directed therapy. I'd never received it before, and it was neat because he helped me through uh, my high-achieving personality to just have somebody to talk to for an hour about life struggles. And it was during that therapy session uh, or a few sessions that we had together that he actually encouraged me. He said, Aaron, I normally don't advise anyone on their romantic relationships but I, I don't think this is a healthy one for you and so he helped me to strategize how to um, get out of the home that I was in and also maintain his dignity and his ego um, during the breakup process in Uh, He encouraged me to do the six-month trial separation to see if it was something that we really wanted to move forward and not rush into marriage and whatnot. Because we had five uh, date Was it five date changes? It was like five venue changes, four date changes, three therapists refused to see us. One of them was his own therapist that refused the day of our appointment, canceled our appointment. And it was, like, all these red flags that I was just, like, trusting my gut and my intuition. This was not the person that I was supposed to be with. Um, He had demonstrated domestic violence towards me, almost, like, charged at me. But had his daughter not been in the other room and I screamed her name in the nick of time, um, he probably would have beat the shit out of me or killed me. And that's how my mind went, exactly how my mind went. And in his recollection, he might not remember any of it because it doesn't look good for him. But... um, you know, it wasn't something that neither of us could change. Um, I, am, I am proud of how I reacted in that situation. I'm proud of how I um, listened to the advice of the therapist. And I encourage you, if you're in a domestic situation where you're concerned for your safety well-being, if there's kids involved, really strongly encourage you, especially if you're a woman. Stand up for yourself because you are not only standing up for you, you are ge- you are setting an example for your child of how they should be treated when they become an adult. Um, it was really hard for me to separate from him because I loved his daughter. But I prayed on it and I said, Father, help me to not lose this relationship because... When I went through my divorce process before the year before that, I didn't I didn't do it the right way. I would do things differently in the future, um, and I wanted things to be different. I was plugged, plugging into all kinds of Tony Robbins, Les Brown, Jim Rohn. I was listening to all kinds of motivational speakers: Joel Osteen, Joyce Myers. On my way to work, on my way home from work, and I wanted to do things differently. I desired to do things differently. It was just financially um, stressed a little bit. And, uh, I asked the creator to handle it and I said, I don't know how to fix this situation, but I know you do. And that was when my therapist advised of the six month trial separation where he said, I encourage you. Um, at that point we had, um, found a therapist that was working with us for couples therapy. So I was seeing my own therapist and he, and he and I were doing therapy together and he encouraged me, my, my private therapist to speak up about the separation with the uh, therapist in the room for accountability so that he wouldn't um, be emotionally charged and to get an honest reaction out of him. So I said, I would like to, I did it. um, The next time we met with our therapist, I would like to uh, do a six-month trial separation while we're still um, together we're still dating we're still planning on marriage but we wait six months and not try to rush into the marriage and make sure that both of us want to move forward with it he agreed we agreed together and um, I started looking for housing to move out but a few days later he had texted me um, saying that he did not want to do the trial separation that if I wanted to marry him that I wouldn't be moving out and that he wanted the relationship over. So I was like, okay, so you're kicking me out and you don't want to get married. Yep. Okay, great. So I said, thank you Lord for closing that, closing that door. Um, I had also chatted with his ex wife. I was friends with her on Facebook because I wanted her to feel safe that her daughter was, at our home, um, and that she could see any, I didn't hide anything from her. And so I had chatted with her before a few weeks before that and found out, um, part of the reason why they had broken up. And it was similar reason why I was breaking up. So he hadn't changed his behavior, it just got worse over time. And she didn't want to give me an honest answer initially because she heard good things from her daughter about me. So, I encouraged her. I said, "Please let your daughter know that she can reach out anytime like it's not a separation from her, uh, but I have to do what's right for me and um, Thank you for being honest with me, but this is something that I need to do and so she was sad about it. but a few years ago, I got a message from their daughter reaching out and she was she was looking at the content online she was She was reading stuff, and she's still into the things that she was into before, and uh, she's able to still look at me as a role model example. That, to me, was a win, because he and I didn't work out, but I improved um, how I ended things. And he actually apologized to me a few years ago. Uh, He reached out to my business page, and he was so apologetic. Um, I think at that point people started talking about my level of success. I had made friends with some of his coworkers cause they had this baseball event and I just like meeting people and whatnot. And, um, I think some of the people I didn't realize when I shared the story that they were probably treating him bad based on the truth that I was sharing. And that wasn't my intent. Um, uh, my intent was just to share bits and pieces of my story for resiliency's sake, to help encourage people to find happiness from within, which everybody online that's all these big social media following says, just speak your truth, tell your story. You'll find your, your tribe will find you the more honest and authentic you are. So, being grateful for painful circumstances is not something that is easy, but I will say um, it helps to give yourself grace when you're experiencing a challenging situation and I'm going to share something. Um, I just feel really led to talk about this. Uh, no names, no specifics, uh, but this is real life. This happened yesterday. I get to work and, uh, we have locker rooms to change our uniforms in and uh, the women's room has a lactation room for pregnant moms and whatnot, which is really neat. Well, I get in there to put my purse in the locker and whatnot and, um, I got there a little bit early, maybe like 15, 20 minutes before shift started. And one of the earlier shift people is there still, I uh, was on the phone and it seemed like a really important phone call and, uh, I'm getting my a little, um, uh, electronic device connected for my job and whatnot. And so it took a little bit. Uh, with my clothing, whatnot, to do that. And I'm still in the room when she gets off the phone and she's like, excited. I'm like, it was a good phone call. She's like, yeah, my husband killed himself a year ago. And I've been just struggling, just trying to make ends meet with a lack of income. And we've got a, a child and I just got off the phone with SSI And they're going to back pay me $6,000. And they're going to give me $1,000 a month to help with my child. I'm so excited I don't have to worry about Christmas. That was a lot. That was a lot to take in. I have those moments now because I believe the the creator desires for me to share stories of hope and inspiration and resilience for you so you don't give up. Um, Because I... I made it through and you can make it through too and so did this person. Um, I never met her before. I never talked with her before. I said thank you so much for feeling safe to share that with me. I'm so sorry you've gone through that and she was she was to the point where she had already healed through it because I think she's probably opened up enough to talk to people about it but financially she went from a two-income household to one. So if you are thinking about ending your life I strongly encourage you to think about The other people in your life that it will negatively impact, not only emotionally but financially as well. Um, There is always a way out. There is always a way to change your behavior. There is all everything is fixable. It's a really good mantra. Repeat it often if you are struggling. Everything is fixable. You might not be able to fix if someone died in your circle. But you can fix how you choose to think about them, how you choose to operate yourself so that nobody else repeats it and is a copycat. That is actually something that uh, in society, they uh, they know the white paper research that it can be common if a young person, a teenager, for example, ends their life for other copycats to happen. And they don't really know why, but I believe I believe a lot of it is spiritual warfare um, and also uh Our society is starting to open up about mental health conversations. We've got a long ways to go, though. Uh, When someone sees it become reality, then all those thoughts manifest within themselves. Um, My first first negative thought pattern was when I was 14, and that was uh, the year that I didn't make it into the elite music group. I was an alternate later on, but I didn't know that yet. Uh, My abuser of two years from three to five years old was getting kicked out of the military. He was coming back into our home, and I was afraid for my life uh, because it changes your thought patterns in your brain. Um, I've experienced a lot of healing since then through gratitude and just contribution and whatnot, Um, but there was a suicide in our neighborhood. and We had this big jazz festival And everybody went to, all of the bands went to it, and the music company was a part of it as well. So all the junior highs, the high schools, everything. It was a spaghetti feed, and it was at the high school that I attended. They did it every, I want to say February, and one of the junior highs, the band wasn't there. Everybody started talking about it. Why wasn't the band there? What was going on? So come to find, it was an eighth grade boy that took his dad's gun and ended his life and the ramifications of that did not just impact him and his family. It impacted me. It impacted um, uh, one of the pastor assistants at my church. There was a whole whole lot of spiritual warfare, I believe, going on at that time. And that's, that's me having my perspective um, now being a 36-year-old person that has overcome quite a bit of challenging circumstances in a short amount of time, but I've also experienced an incredible amount of real life because I've decided to not waste a moment and to assume that every day might be my last. So to try to give my best um, to myself, to others, and to leave a legacy that is kind. I try my best. I'm not perfect at it, but that was my first bout um, with it. And I did go to therapy briefly, uh, but someone that is depressed, uh, children that are abused, um, they uh, and if you have depression, a common thought pattern is, I am a burden to others. I didn't know that at the time, but I did not, and finances were a stress in the family, I did not want to be a financial burden to my parents. So after three sessions, which was all the insurance covered, I said, I don't want to go anymore. Not because I didn't need it. Not because I didn't think that um, it was helping because it was, I did not want to be a burden to the family. I did not want to be the one adding more financial stress to the family. So if your family talks about finances in a negative way and you are around your children, understand that you are impacting and shaping their behavior I still struggle with that. Um, I'm working through that learning to ask for help, financial help. Um, it is, it is a humbling thing. Um, I've been dealing with cyber theft for two years from the same government, um, organization that's contracted and uh, they have been stealing from me. One of the teams has been stealing from me ongoing for two years. um, And so I haven't been in profit mode at all with my businesses. And I still am listening to the calling of the creator of the universe because I didn't do it for the money. I do it because a creator called me to do this. And until otherwise notified, it's not something that's going to be shut off. Even when... this particular team decided to personify as a Republican leader, as my U.S. connect and decided to listen in on my prayers when I was praying for financial assistance to the creator above because I experienced sexual harassment and racism in the workplace and reported it in my previous job and was... Forced on mental health, paid administratively while they gathered fake evidence, changed the story, and covered up the harassment and the racism. It was praying to the Creator above for a way out. And this team decided to hack into my technologies illegally, which is a felony. But they are paid contractors and they have sworn oaths that they would never be tried for any crimes in society in our country. Some of them are choosing to use their powers, their gifts, their talents for evil and thought that it would be funny to get me involved in this January 6th scandal. I imagine there's probably some people that have broken some laws on both sides of the political party. However, I'm grateful for the painful circumstances that I have been experiencing for two years because I have been learning what it looks like to have cyber warfare attacks on my businesses, on my technologies, where they would Hack in, delete emails, delete phone contacts, hide people's phone numbers in my phone list, all kinds of weird things. Send me messages from other people pretending to be that person, personification. I had the wisdom and insight to take a pause as my husband trained me. He also trained me that everyone has a price and you can't trust anyone. I take it with a grain of salt because I believe And it's part of my nature of being full of love. I still see the good in others and my training being a teacher and working in a psych hospital full of compassion and love for other people, right? Uh, But I appreciate his experience being a part of that paid contractor organization as well. He tried to quit the group. They wouldn't let him. So then they used my nonprofit business partner, coerced her, threatened her active duty status to get her to call me out of the blue after almost not speaking for like a year because she blew up when I moved out of her place when her dogs were tearing up my things and was asking questions about my husband. Why was she asking questions about him? It was odd. She wanted to know about the person that I had seen a couple times because I went on a date with the person that was or I thought it was a date Uh, he had reached out after six months of not speaking to him after inviting him to my networking event in 2020 where he met the woman that I wrote the song with and at that point he had 150 acres but six months later he had over a thousand how did he get 850 acres in six months because he took the payment from her I believe They coerced my nonprofit business partner and who I thought was a friend to reach out to me because she is active duty and she has made an oath to our leadership that is current. And she also is very money focused. They destroyed, they tried to destroy my nonprofit by erasing all of the physical records of it um, and her trying to pretend like she didn't know me um, all year long telling me after I made one post announcing that she was my nonprofit business partner that she wasn't receiving my emails in 2021 for any of the concerts. I said, well, I'm telling you because I'm in your house when the concert is. You're welcome to come in and listen if you like. I don't know why you're not getting the emails. Well, she was either lying about not getting the emails or they had blocked the emails to try and cause division on my team. They're not playing fair. But it's okay, because I'm going to keep going and keep pursuing what the Creator tells me to pursue. And until both political parties decide to play nice and work together, like they should because we live in the United States of America, we're going to continue falling as a nation. Because a country that's divided can be easily taken over. I choose to focus on the good and even though I haven't made profit with any of my businesses I do as the creator tells me to do because I'm a highly intelligent woman and I know that I was called for greatness and and you are as well you have been called for something great And if you know what it is, take action every single day to that great purpose. And if you don't know what it is, get down on your knees and ask the creator above, how can you use me today? How can I serve your people? What is it that you desire for me to do today? Maybe it's being an excellent parent. Maybe it's volunteering at a soup kitchen. Maybe it's helping refugees. Maybe it's selling the best amount of cars, honestly and with integrity, to people that are needing vehicles right now to get to work. Whatever it is that you've been called to do, do it with excellence and take time for you every single day, doing what you enjoy. All right. Thank you so much for listening. This has been again, incredibly healing for me. Anytime I share my authentic self, it is, uh, healing, exhausting, emotionally draining, but also, uh, the full spectrum of emotions. I am grateful for releasing it because the creator told me to do it. And this is truth. This is my truth, my perspective. And if the episode added any value to you today, it would mean the world if you would share it with someone you care about. Uh, if you are a government leader and you are listening, uh, would highly encourage you to help connect me um, to those that can make a positive difference in society and or um, if you have been stealing from me would love it if you would stop because I didn't give you permission to hack into my stuff but I understand if there's some things you can't tell me um, I trust I trust the wisdom of my husband so if you're friends with my husband then I trust you Um, although he and I have been separated since Easter because of this this nonprofit business partner Uh, but that's okay everything happens for a reason Um, I will continue focusing on the purpose that the Creator has put on my heart and We all get to choose how we live every single day. I'm choosing my best to be kind to others or to keep my mouth shut if I can't be kind to them because there are some a-holes that I work with, but that's okay. Um, There are some incredible people that I work with as well. So my mom called it EGRs, her church back in the day, called them Extra Grace Required. There's some people in your life that you might have to deal with on a regular basis that you don't like and that's a part of life. So you might need to give them extra grace or give them distance. All right. Um, Again, if this episode has done anything for you, share it with someone you love or post it on social media if you so desire. Um, We are not posting on social at all, except for our AI Twitter thing that happens automatically when we upload the episode. Uh, We're not going to be posting ever again unless the creator tells us to do so. And a part of that is the Judas in the circle, correcting the wrong, asking for forgiveness and getting us connected to our top level leadership because we need to be united as a country. And um, yeah, we're wasting, we're wasting way too many resources fighting each other when we could be working together. All right. Love you guys so much. And uh, don't forget to tell someone you love them today. And we'll see you next time.